Welcome to the POP Podcast, our weekly conversations to help improve your points of performance when it comes to training. The countdown is on to the CrossFit Games. This week, we're joined by team athlete Christy Hollard. For most of her career, she's had to navigate shift work and training alone. Her tips are on point for anyone in a similar situation. Also, Riz hasn't been too well lately, and if you've ever had to fight the urge to get back into training a little too soon, well, you're not alone. better than you when I did notice like you're a little bit quiet on the chat and then when you said I'm almost dead I was like oh she's sick she's sick so more to the question how's your week been um listen I went away on the weekend and I was like I'm getting some fresh air I'm going out I'm fishing <laughs> I'm, you know just I'm recovering, I feel amazing, and then I came home, I worked on Monday, and I got home from work on Monday, and I just plummeted straight into the floor, and um, I got, I was sick on, I don't know what happened, I was sick on Monday night, woke up Tuesday, couldn't talk, my voice, like you can hear it, I'm a bit twangy and weird, Um, but I just couldn't talk for like three days, and um, I kind of came alive yesterday, so feeling much better now. Yeah, you though. sound a lot better. That's the thing. You don't realize how much you talk until your voice is taken away from you or it's croaky and you're like, oh. <laughs> I know. Greg messaged me. He's like, so can you coach? And I'm like, unless you want me to be a mute <laughs> coaching. <laughs> no, I can't do shit. And I think what was so interesting as well, we've spent a, a few weeks on the podcast talking about, um, you know, being kinder to ourselves, resting a little more. But how hard is it when you're sick? You get that first day and you're like, okay, cool. Got to rest up. Day two, day three, where you get itchy. Oh, so I'm like a super, like, I'm like normally like feel like if I need to take a couple rest days, I'm totally You're normally fine. my moral if compass. I'm healthy, if I'm, <laughs> I know. If I'm like healthy, I feel like it's like, I'm like two, two, three rest days. It'll be fine. I'll be back in the gym. But like when I get sick, I'm like, am I ever going to get better again? Is this is how I'm going to live my rest of my life? I'm never going to be able to lift. I'm going to get back into the gym and everything's going to be gone. I'm useless. So I, yeah, definitely started panicking kind of day three. And I was like, oh my God, I need to get out of the house. I definitely feel like when my health goes, I become irrational. So that's, that's maybe like when I feel like super sick, that's my crazy point because I can't control it. I can't like do anything about it. I just have to ride it out and that's hard to do. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm all good. Um, what have you been doing with your training this week? Um, I feel like? I've actually had an awesome week of training. Hey, I'm finding this podcast so helpful. Some of the stuff we're chatting about and I've had really cool conversations with people in the gym just about, I feel like when we put on the record to enjoy the process, I've really started living it out and um, yeah, now I'm trying to think, you know, when you, we do so much training and I can't actually remember why it's been so good, but I've been gotten into this process of taking, taking the little wins out of every, every session. And that ties in well though, to what I wanted to talk about. I found, and I mean, it's not 
it's not hard to find gems when it comes to James Clear, but I found like a little gem of a quote and I feel like that just ties in really well to this. And the quote is, raise your ambitions, lower your expectations. The higher your ambitions, the bolder your actions. The lower your expectations, the greater your satisfaction. Achieve more and be happy along the way. And so for anyone who doesn't know, maybe three episodes ago, we talked a lot about James Clear. Mm. And again, if you haven't read Atomic Habits, like, where have you been? Um, but but what I love about that too, and we've been discussing this the last couple of weeks, lower your expectations, the greater your satisfaction. And it's like take the little wins mm. along the way and it's so easy to enjoy training every day. Like I've loved this week, I feel like I've lived that out, James. He'd be so proud. I think people get confused though. They think allowing your expectations, like what you're just going to try and achieve less. No, 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 no. That's not what it's about. The the long-term achievement doesn't change, but like what you're trying to aim for, that doesn't change. It's just like the process in which you're going to get there becomes more realistic. It's like not a I'm going to do this in two months just because you're lowering your expectations doesn't mean that you're lowering the achievement that you're aiming towards. Yeah. I guess for you, are there things about that that you can take away in terms of like, you know what, maybe it wasn't the best week training wise, but I can get back into it next week. (laughs) I'm going to be able to get back into the gym and do what I normally do. Yeah. Listen, I think I, um, I can ha- I get that tendency to be like obviously I started to feel like really like want I wanted to train again and I feel like you know that that point where you kind of are sick and you kind of come over the hill and you're like I'm starting to feel human again and you're like this is it this is my fucking comeback <laughs> you know the thing that I need to remember is that I'm still getting over a sickness and to just <laughs> ease my way back into the the training kind of uh environment instead of feeling like I have to go in a hundred percent and I've just got to give it everything that I've got because the reality is until I'm fully over my sickness which could take you know two weeks or whatever um my training's probably going to look pretty mediocre what do you what advice do you give to clients when they're like hey I'm really feeling under the weather uh should I train today or should I not Um, I kind of have, a like a pretty standard, like rule when it comes to whether or not you should train if you're sick. Um, if one, you're contagious, do not come to the gym. Yeah. Yes. That's the number. That's my number one rule. I feel like if you are within the first one to two days of being sick, you need to not go into the gym. It's not about you. It's just about other people. Yeah. No. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, sure. You could probably push through a training session and get it done and get that one, you know, go fucking Brit styles where you're like, (laughs) I've got that last training session. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But the reality is like those first, you know, those first two days are actually when you need to do the most of recovery because that'll determine how long, you know, your illness is drawn out. So if you're contagious, yep, don't come into the gym. If you are lightheaded, if you feel nauseous, if you cannot breathe through both nostrils and you don't have any prior sinus issues, um, normally I would recommend not doing anything, you know, uh, uh, above like 
50 percent if you're going to do anything and it's just you have to you have to let your body recover training is not going to do that your body's going to be trying to recover from the training and not from the illness um so it's and you can actually do some serious damage like I have a good example um I don't remember when it was but I was not feeling great I had I had cold sweats at night but then I woke up and I was like hey, I think I feel all right. Am I being a wuss or, uh, you know, maybe I'm just being a wuss. I'll, I'll go to the gym. I was not being a wuss. Like I definitely had night sweats <laughs> night before. But I had a, um, a lot of GHDs that day and normally, oh. I, normally I love GHDs but I did my lower back. I And oh, I never dude. feel my back in and so it took me about a week to recover longer than it would have yeah. probably take I could have taken that day off and been back in the gym the next day but I had to take it easy on the program and actually scale things that I wouldn't normally scale because my lower back was really funny I know a lot of people don't like the the GHD movement but I actually I've worked this out in yoga that I have quite a hypermobile back and so the back is never an issue but it that was just a clear sign to me I'm like why the F didn't I stay at home because now I've yeah that was a really good lesson for me to learn and so I think yeah not only are you got you need to think about it for the sake of other people but think about it for yourself like you could almost you could have missed that one day and then been back at it the next but instead you know you and and it would be terrible if you did actually irreversible damage like luckily for me it was just like oh my back yeah (laughs) and then you kind of just come good I think I think the one thing you need to ask yourself as well when you're in those situations is what are you going to get out of the training session? Like if you're going in and you're sick or you're feeling, you know, let's say you're 60% instead of, you know, 100% or whatever, what are you actually getting out of going into the gym? Mm. And if people are like, oh, I'm, it's for, you know, for my head, I need to do it for my brain. Okay, well, go for a walk, go outside, do that in a capacity which you're not going to it's not going to be detrimental to your recovery um I think yeah you have to just be a little bit honest with yourself as to why you actually like are you a professional athlete is this like non-negotiable like what are what's the kind of standard and the level that you're actually required to you know be in that gym and training and if it's not because you're being paid then I probably wouldn't be there I think that's a really good segue as well to today's guest who was a professional athlete but also a shift worker and had to kind of navigate what that looked like. Now, as a little bit of a – let's take a step back quickly. We're counting down to the CrossFit Games, which is pretty exciting for both of us who are full frothers uh, to watch it. Um, But there's a lot of people who we know who are excited about it for for more reasons in that they get to debut Mm. on the competition floor at the CrossFit Games in Madison. So we thought as we count down to the Games uh, in just a few days' time, we're actually going to do two episodes this week. I know. Uh, So not only do we get to chat to each other, we're also going to bring in two athletes who are both debuting on a team at the CrossFit Games in 2022. Um, And the exciting thing is the team competition is becoming really interesting with uh, some really great storylines we'll be watching out. Um, But today our guest is Christy Hollard, all the way from Australia. Um, She's got a great story. Like I said, she was a shift worker, a nurse who navigated uh, the first couple of years of her career as an individual. This year she's going team and she's making her debut at the CrossFit Games and she joins us 
from America uh, where she's preparing with her team. Thank you for joining us from, I guess, the mecca of CrossFit, Cookville, Tennessee. It's a long way from Australia. How are you settling in? Yeah, pretty good. Thanks for having me on the show. Um, yeah, no, it, it's good. I am still recovering from jet lag, though. I have had like 4 a.m. wake-ups the last four mornings in a row. So it is killing me. I'm hoping that I get over this in the next couple of days. But um, otherwise, like Cookville is it's pretty amazing. Like, I re- like I'm, I'm loving it here. For anyone who doesn't really know your kind of background, Christy, and your story, it's been a tough, long slog for you kind of to make it to this point. Like, tell us how it all started and basically, you know, how you got to the point you're at now. Yeah. Um, Well, I guess, you know, I started CrossFit back in 2013. Um, I just walked into, you know, a local affiliate in Mackay and tried it. Um, I had no idea about the CrossFit Games probably for a couple of years while I did the sport. I didn't even know what the CrossFit Games were until maybe like 2015. I think I did my first open um, and I signed up and I still like, you know, I didn't like look at the leaderboard. I still didn't really understand it. But then it come to like 2016 when I started to do a few local comps and then I started to watch, you know, some of the YouTube channels. Um, I think they released maybe their first Fittest on Earth documentary and then I started to know like that CrossFit is an actual sport that you can compete competitively in. So, um, yeah, I I, um, I did the Torium Pro comp like before it was, you know, a semifinal event. I think that was back in 2016. And then I was like, okay, I want to give this a bit of a crack, like this sport and see if I can, you know, make it to regionals. Um, and then once I did make it to regionals, I was like, okay, cool. Like it would be really good to go to the CrossFit Games. So, that's been the journey over the last, I guess you could say, five, six years. I think I've been competing in the sport now. Um, and, yeah, I did qualify for the CrossFit Games in 2020 on a team. But obviously with the pandemic, that they axed the team side of the competition. So I went back to individual in 2021. And then this season, I thought, you know, like Oceana is really competitive. Like the individual field for men and women is like super hard Um, and with only three qualifying spots I thought that my best opportunity to try and make the games this year would be to create a team um, which is what I did moved from Mackay to Brisbane and here we are sitting in Cookville and so it's pretty exciting. That's so good. Tell us though you touched on it there moving from Mackay to Brisbane for anyone listening to the podcast in the US of A that's not around the corner (laughs) you've given up so much to be here how did that all come about and talk us through some of those sacrifices you've had to make over the past like eight months yeah so um it was probably around December last year I thought all right I want to go team for the games or like to try and make the games so I started to put the feelers out down to southeast Queensland because I knew there was uh, a pretty good bunch of athletes down there Um, And then once I started to talk to Henry and Bryony, that was the first two members of the team that said, yes, we just had to find a fourth guy. Once we found Moses, I was like, all right, like I've got to try and organize my life and move down to Brisbane. First of all, making sure my husband was on board with it, which he was like, (laughs) he, uh, he is like the most supportive person. And I think that is um, the most important thing when 
you are, I guess, in a sport, or I guess when you are a professional athlete, you have to surround yourself with people that support you, believe in you, um, and want you to chase your dreams. So he works in wow. the mining industry out in Mackay, um, and he uh, has just made partner in a company this year there. So he wasn't able to move with me down to Brisbane. So we have literally been doing long distance for the last eight months. Um, and you know, it has, it's been challenging at times, but we've also been together 14 years. So, you know, like, it's just like a small step in the road. Like we've just had to manage it. And we, I think we've done pretty well. Um, obviously like it is still hard at times, especially uh, cause I don't go home a lot, um, with training over the weekends and stuff. It's just really hard to try and get home. And it also costs a lot of money to fly back and forth, but yeah, we've made it work. So it's good. Yeah. It's all those sacrifices. It is. Yeah, it is. And I, as much as I feel like the athletes sacrifice a lot, I feel like it's their partners that probably sacrifice more mm. because at the end of the day, like I'm the one that gets to compete and get that um, enjoyment of, you know, like going to compete at the CrossFit Games. And he obviously gets that same enjoyment for me, but I still feel like he probably sacrifices that little bit more than me. Shout out to the partners. <laughs> That's it. Yep. They're the real MVPs. You're not only you're not only an athlete though, you are also a registered nurse and like you have a full-time job and you've got to do all those things. Has that taken a backseat at all or has that changed for you at all in your lead up to the games or? No. So when I uh, decided to move down to Brisbane, I um, – like I spoke to my boss in Mackay and they were like, look, we'll keep your job for you and we'll just put you on like the casual system. So if ever you come home, even if, if it's for just a weekend and you want to pick up a shift and get some money, you can. Um, but pretty much like the last eight months, I haven't been working, which has been a really nice break. Like I've been in the nursing workforce for over 10 years. Um, and, you know, for most of my career, I've been managing shift work and training. So it's been really good, like the last, I guess, yeah, you can say eight months, just living the full-time athlete life. Um, and I really quite enjoy it. Kieran said to me, he's like, hmm, you're probably <laughs> going to have to go back to work at some stage. And I was like, do I though? Do I really? <laughs> um, you've, spent, you've spent heaps of your career being an individual athlete though. How's the transition to team? Yeah, look, I really love team. I come from a team sport background. Growing up, I played hockey. That was my competitive sport. Um, and so it kind of feels quite natural for me to have teammates beside me. I do mm. enjoy the individual side as well. It's kind of like when we were at the semifinals this year and I was watching the indies, there was a part of me that um, I guess missed that experience. But I also at the same time was so grateful for the experience of the experience I was having with the team and the opportunity it has created. So I think like there is good experiences on both sides for team and individual. Uh, and you know what, I may go back individual one day again. We'll just see what happens. You touched on it before. It's not your first time qualifying for the games while it will be your first time competing. How did you deal yeah. with that disappointment back in 2020, like finally qualifying and for them to, I guess it was hard. It was almost ripped away from you. Yeah, it literally felt like we qualified and then like two weeks later, the world shut down and I was like, oh, this can't be happening. Like literally like as soon as get that qualification for the games and it's like, yeah, that rug had just been pulled out. Um, but, you know, like 
you can't control what happens in the world. So I just used it as like, oh, well, I'm still going to continue to do the sport. I'm going to um, like eventually live competition was going to come back. So I continued to train. I continued to enjoy training. And yeah, it was just like a bitter pill that you had to swallow. But it was at the end of the day, like it did sting, but it still was. I'm just like, okay, like move on, continue to train and we'll see what happens. Is there anything in particular you do to kind of like move beyond those setbacks? Like was, you know, besides just getting back into your training, did you feel like you had to like set different goals or focus on something else? Like what did you kind of do to get through that period? Um, Well, I guess like when they cancelled the CrossFit Games for the teams, that was when also there was um, like we had that lockdown in Australia. I think that went for like 12 weeks. So all I pretty much did was train and work because we were quite short staffed through the hospital system. And I was obviously a nurse. Um, they wanted us to pick up more shifts and be available for more hours. So I, I did throw myself into the workforce a little bit more. And yeah, it just like life kind of for us in that lockdown period, I guess didn't change to a degree because me and my husband were both essential workers. Like Kieran's a plumber by trade and still the mining industry continued to go. And then I think with me working in the healthcare Mm. system as well, we kind of felt like we still had some sort of normality throughout that time. Um, And then on the other side of the lockdown, like I think I was with Star Strength at the time. Uh, Luke did a training camp in Sydney. So as soon as I seen that was open, I thought, all right, as soon as the borders are open, I'm going to go there. Like get back networking with some athletes like in you know face to face and yeah and just kind of like moved on Uh, you touched on star strength which used to do your programming what programming do you do now um who do you train with and how have you kind of prepared as a team do you all do the same programming or talk us through that yeah so we are a part of the mayhem athlete community now um we hopped on board with them in around february this year um and it's been good like i the, after meeting the Mayhem community here in person, they are like generally the nicest people and friendliest community I've met. They're literally like a family. I um yeah, I really enjoy it. Programming wise, like it's been pretty good. Like obviously, I follow what's Rich doing. That's the programming track on the Mayhem Mayhem Athlete um, app. And, you know, like Rich is a bit of a beast. Sometimes the workouts we do, I'm like, why are we doing like eight sets of this? But you just do it. (laughs) So, yeah, it's been good. Um, The team enjoy it as well. And then also I do a little bit of training with Royce Dunn as well, who's obviously a Mayhem athlete. So we have like a little community in Brisbane that follow the Mayhem track and it's, yeah, it's quite good. How does it work in terms of you all training together? Um, For anyone who's listening to the podcast, you guys don't live just around the corner from each other while you all train at the affiliate. Is there a lot of time spent in the car or how do you go about organising all of those logistics? Yeah, absolutely. So like as much as I guess I sacrificed moving down from Brisbane, Bryony and Henry, they've like sacrificed heaps with their hours that they spend in the car. So they commute about 90 minutes a day from Noosa they live and they work in Noosa and then they commute 90 minutes to CrossFit EXF Exodus Fitness which is like on the south side of Brisbane to train so they work opposite shifts so say if like B's working in the morning she'll work till midday and then she'll hop in the car she'll drive to EXF train the afternoon and then drive back home and then do it all again the next day and then Henry's the same oh my god so it's been oh like, we were just talking the other day, like our cars, we've just racked up so many Ks on the cars. And, <laughs> and also petrol at, is so expensive. Oh my gosh, <laughs> fuel is so expensive at the moment. So 
But anyways, oh. like it was all worth it once we qualified. <laughs> They're the things that a lot of people don't no. see. And there are a lot of the things that people don't really truly appreciate. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> the fact that you guys, in order for you to train together, have to do that. Yeah. Like I know people that are like, oh, I used to walk to the gym and now it's a 10 minute drive. I can't do that. Yeah. Well, when, when, like, <laughs> so, when I created this team, like we, I had literally had to like, we had to look at the rule book and see what we had to do logistic wise to make sure everything was above board and legit. And then I like said mm. to them, I said, you're going to have to commit to driving to the gym at least four days a week. And I'm like, you know, mm. it, like it's going to get hard because there's going to be days that after you finish work, the last thing you want to do is hop in a car and drive for 90 minutes, then train and try and bring an intensity to that training session and then turn around and drive home. So like it, ha- it has yeah. been a massive commitment, but everyone has done really well. I mean, there's been weekends where we've trained from like Friday to Sunday and Bryony and Henry have stayed in Brisbane for that weekend just to like reduce the amount of travel back and forth. Um, but yeah, like they've done an awesome job. That, yeah. What I think people, especially in America, don't understand the financial implications, um, not only of doing that for say six months, but then making it to the games spending all that money how have you guys done it in terms of like financial support that's another difficulty that's added on top of the the physical difficulty of training yeah and obviously like Australia is so isolated like where we are it's hard to get anywhere um so we like once we qualified for the games um we reached out to a few businesses like back home there was a lot of like local support I knew that was there so they were willing to um you know help sponsor us or sponsor our team and then we also do, we did a fundraiser comp at the EXF gym about two weeks ago and the community support there was amazing. So, you know, like we're so thankful um, between like the three communities that we've come from because really like, you know, like I am from Mackay, I've lived there for 20 years. Bryony and Henry are from Noosa but originally they're from Bundaberg and Gladstone and then with the EXF communities, we had five like communities supporting us. So... It was, yeah, it was great. They really helped us reach our target. So we were able to make our trip to the games, um, you know, like memorable and make the most out of it as well. Like allow us to come to Cookville and train for two weeks prior to going to Madison to prepare and yeah. I guess what's your advice for someone who, especially someone who's a shift worker, Yeah. how, what advice would you give to yourself, say circa 2017? <laughs> um, you know, what, what advice would I give myself? I think like I look back, well, I look back over the last eight months and I guess like I invested in myself by moving to Brisbane. I obviously I moved down there with a purpose in creating a team, but also the training environment that I have now surrounded myself with down there is amazing. And I wish I had done it earlier because like I, in Mackay, you know, like I have been training by myself pretty much. Like obviously I pull people into workouts from the gym. Um, But, like, there's no one really around my level there. So, for the last, like, five years, day in, day out, you know, you're training by yourself. And I know I'm not the minority doing that. There is other people like that. But for me, I feel like um, progression-wise and how much I have improved over the last eight months, it has been solely due to the environment I've been around. So, yeah. I have a a question about your shift work. Yeah. Did you find that that impacted your training? Did you have to do anything different to work in and get the most out of your sessions? Because I know that there are, like, there are a lot of people that are in the same boat, uh, you know, as you. Yeah. 
and it's it's hard to manage. So it is. Is there something that you did? Um, yeah. So like, I mean, obviously, when you're doing shift work, like at the moment, I'm doing split sessions, right? I'm able to do a morning and a half and and a PM session. When I was doing shift work, if I was on a morning shift, obviously I'm starting work at around 6.30 a.m., I would not go into the gym early. So I would just work my eight hours and then I would go into the gym at night. So I was doing like four-hour training blocks in a row, which isn't ideal, but you have to make the Mm. most of the situation that you're presented. Unfortunately, that's what it is. If you have to work and you are a shift worker, it's just about making the most of what you can do within your day. Um, So I wouldn't necessarily say if I had like a massive training day um, or like heaps of pieces I needed to get through. If I had had a really busy shift at work and I was on my feet all day, um, I wasn't really able to have a proper meal and then I was going into the gym and say I was meant to hit hit like four Metcons, I would reduce the amount and just go on how my body was feeling. Uh, Because, you know, like my my job is quite physical as well. So you just, yeah, I really just had to learn to like listen to my body. And similarly, like when I was coming off night shift, um, I would go home off night shift. I would sleep for about four hours and then I would come into the gym. Those training days, I would never do anything high skill. It's like my brain like couldn't compute what it needed to do. So I would avoid like ring muscle ups and like handstand walking. It would just kind of be like monostructural pieces because that was the only thing my brain could comprehend. Um, but yeah, I found like when you're working, it's all pretty much about like working, getting some good quality training in and then getting like quality sleep and obviously like good nutrition, but that's pretty much all like your life exists of when you're trying to manage like being a semi-professional athlete, but also like, um, you know, you have to work for a living as well. How long do you intend on doing this for? Obviously you're out of Mackay and you're in Brisbane. Do you have a time frame? Like what's what's the kind of future of your training look like past the games? Yeah, like, oh, that's, you know, that's always, oh, that's the million dollar question probably from my husband. So I turned 31 this year, right? <laughs> so I am getting, <laughs> I, like, I don't think I'm old, but in terms of a woman being in her early 30s and you, and we do eventually want to start a family, that's a factor that I, that we have to take into consideration with how long I continue to live away from home and do this sport competitively for now. I know that women like Cara Saunders, um, Mia Hesketh, they've gone away, they've had children and they've come back to the sport. I don't know if that's something that necessarily I will want to do. Um, so for now, I am definitely doing another season. Like I'll be staying down in Brisbane for the 2023 season and that's as far as we've gotten. So we just take really one year at a time. Uh, but yeah, I know that yeah. the reason why we decided to like do the move down to Brisbane and why I'm going to stay down there for another season is because I know it's such a short period in my life and there is going to be an end date and mm. I eventually am going to have to yeah. move back to Mackay or Kieran's going to have to move down to Brisbane if we like the lifestyle down there. Um, but yeah, I know that there's going to come a time in the next couple of years where it'll be time to like look at starting a family and you know, starting that chapter of our life, I guess you could say, which I am looking forward to. Um, I guess just being a female in the sport, you know, it's not like a a guy, like a guy can still like be in his thirties and have kids 
um, because he doesn't have to fall pregnant and carry them for 10 months. Whereas, you know, I've got to like <laughs> oh, step away for 10 Christy, months. Christy, this is then... a safe space. This is a safe yeah. space. We think exactly the same thing. I'm like, damn. <laughs> we're exactly the same age. I'm like, oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, like that's why I'm making the most of like the opportunities that I have now because I know that like, yeah, yeah. I am like a bit older in the sport. I mean, Bryony, for example, I'm nearly 10 years older than her. She's my teammate. She's 22. I'm 31. I'm like the mum of the family. <laughs> <laughs> so good though. it's cool to you know working with Bryony yes. seeing someone her age and like seeing her come yeah. up like how do you find training with someone obviously that's 10 years younger yeah. than you oh awesome like, I mean like Bryony is super mature for her age I think um her inception into the sport with having being surrounded by Shane and Tia and Gladstone you know like five years ago um has definitely like built her and progressed her well within the sport but she um she's going to be like a phenomenal athlete I mean she already is but Bryony like doesn't know her own capacity yet so it's awesome training with her because I can push her and she can do what I need her to do like she just doesn't realize that though Mm -hmm. like for example in the quarterfinals workout uh we were on our second set of toes to bar. So we were nearly finished the workout. And she says to me, like, looks at me, she's like, how many are we going to do? Like, can we just do 12? And I was like, yeah, I nodded. And then when we got up there, I'm like, oh, she's looking fine. I'm like, let's just go for like 15 or 16. And she just closed her eyes and she continued to swing, stay in synchro. And like, she just did it. She just like, yeah, she'll be very good. So she'll be one to watch over the next, you know, like five to seven years, especially on the individual side when she does go back there. Um, I think she'll make a mark on the sport. Speaking of ones to watch, um, a lot of analysts have tipped all three Oceana teams to make a real statement at the CrossFit Games. Do you guys feel the pressure or have you set a goal? Do you want to be top 10 or are you aiming for the podium? Like what's the what's the goal uh, come August 3? Um, what is our goal? So when we seen the cuts come out the other day, did you guys see that on Sunday, the teams will be cut from 38 teams yeah. to 20. So how's it going to work? So um, all the teams yep. will compete Wednesday, Friday and Saturday. And then on the final day, which is Sunday, the, team, the teams will be cut from 38 to 20. So when we looked at that, like obviously our first goal is to make sure that we're competing in the CrossFit games for the whole weekend. Um, I know like, in, in quarterfinals, we place within the top 10 in the world. So we we can. There's no reason why our team cannot be within the top 10 at the CrossFit Games. Like, we have nothing to lose. Um, we just have to go out there and do mm. what, like, we have been training hard. We've been trying to cover, like, all different, you know, movements and, um, you know, like, odd object stuff in our training. So I feel like we are prepared um, and yeah, we're just going to really try and though take in the experience because you're never guaranteed to be back somewhere. So I still really want to like savior that moment and enjoy it as well. That's such a good point because I feel like I've, I've known people that have gone to the games and they kind of get back and they're just like, you know, maybe they got cut or something, something happened and they didn't, you know, quite really appreciate the moment while they were in yeah. it. And it's like hard to do because obviously you think, oh my God, you know, like I want to do really well. You get, you know, really nervous. You put a lot of pressure on yourself and you forget to enjoy that kind of moment. Is there like anything you guys would love to see? What would you guys just think, oh, we're going to kill this? Hmm. We're pretty good at like handstand walking. Um, And you know what? I actually think we're 
we, we hold our own on the worm. We've been doing a lot of work on the worm. We probably do about two to three workouts a week. So, yeah, I like I wouldn't mind seeing, say, like a combination of a bit of a worm thruster or worm squat and a handstand walk. I think that would be really good for our team. And also, like, we're quite good at running and swimming. So I feel like the outdoor event, if there is like a run, swim, run or something along those lines, um, you know, we might do okay there as well. But the main thing is, like, I'm trying not to put any like any pressure on the guys like I think um like potentially from coming from the individual side and then coming onto team you kind of actually feel like you put a little bit more pressure on yourself because you're not only doing this for yourself now you're obviously doing it for your three teammates so like Mm. I've really found like I've just been trying to lead the team to maximize their abilities to perform under pressure but also making sure that they believe in themselves as well while they're doing it um yeah if that makes sense yeah do you have to put any time and effort into that like mental training uh well I guess we do that in workouts you could say I call it character building um so yeah it 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 is about it's been a good learning for me, I guess, as the leader in the team. Um, you know, like I've learned over probably like the last, it's probably maybe the last like three months um, that like I have to try and make these guys feel at ease in the workout um, but also like confident at the same time. So I don't know. It's, it has been like a bit of a juggling act. Like I guess at the pro um there was an event where I could see Henry was really like suffering and I, but it was the time for me to be like, you can do this, like pick up that barbell because it was just kind of like grit work and you had to go. Whereas I guess like um, on the other side of that at the pro as well, I was paired up with Moses in an event and we were doing handstand push-ups, and it come down to like muscular failure. So like my job there was just to make him feel at ease but still confident to be like, okay, like you can get through these reps, like let's keep on going. So I feel like that kind of like um, like the ability to deal with pressure has been taught to us during workouts and competition. It's kind of like I, we haven't done a lot like outside of that, if that makes sense. Is there anything that you guys do in particular for recovery? Because I know that's always a good, you know, you guys have to maximize your performance in the gym, but, you know, there are outside things and, there, you know, things that you can do, you know, besides good nutrition mm. and sleep. Is there anything that you guys do to maximize that recovery for the gym? Uh, yeah, like we, uh, Moses and I particularly, we both get like Cairo and massage every week. Um, Bryony and Henry, I guess being a bit younger, they probably don't need weekly treatment. They probably go every like other week. Bounce back. <laughs> yeah, they bounce back easy. <laughs> so yeah, we, we, we do that. And then also around the pro, like the semis, we were doing um, like hot, cold baths as well, which were really good. Uh, we sauna every now and then. And yeah, like I guess the main thing though I've learned over the years, as much as like getting treatment is really important, the two most important factors are like good quality sleep and really good nutrition and I nutrition has been a massive learning for me especially over the last 12 months um probably for like the first you know five years of my career I was under fueling myself not intentionally I just didn't realize how much food one person needs to have to um to continue to train the amount that we train (laughs) like honestly it's ridiculous like when I started like actually fueling myself properly I'm like oh my god eating food is like another workout 
I'm like, I'm just never hungry anymore, but I'm always fueling myself. I have to eat. Like how much would you eat a day? I think I'm close to around 3,000 calories. So, but take this into consideration. I'm quite a little athlete. You are tiny. Yep, I'm about 158 centimetres tall. I'm around 63 kilos. Um, And yeah, like I have to eat 3,000 calories. But hey, I'm not complaining because it honestly helps me recover. It helps me back up and train. Like I've learned so much over the last 12 months and that's thanks to Taylor at the Sports Dietitian. She's been amazing. And it's all about finding windows to eat too because like once you're training so much, having to eat that much food but then also feel like you're not full for the next session and then... It's a, it's a job in it itself. It is, yeah. It's always a bit of like trial and error as well. Like especially if you're about to have a snack and then go and do a workout, you want to make sure you're going to eat something that's not going to make you feel like you're going to vomit or shit yourself pretty much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's it. And trial and error too. I've, we've all been there, you know. It is, yeah. People underestimate how much that nutrition is like a whole – it's like – it's like another form of training for you guys. It's not, it's not something that you can kind of just like come in and out of and be very like halfway. You have, it's like just as important as everything that you do in the gym. Yep. If you are training like, you know, four to six hours a day, but you're not fueling yourself properly, like there's, there's no way that you're going to continue to improve. Eventually what's going to happen is your body is just going to break down. You're going to get small niggly injuries You know, being a woman, you could potentially lose your period, which isn't a good thing. Um, So, yeah, it is all about, like, nutrition is probably, like, one of the top things. Like, it goes probably training, but I feel like nutrition is pretty much on par with that because, yeah, like I said, if you're not feeling yourself adequately, you can't bring intensity to the training sessions and you just don't recover. Absolutely. I feel like talking about vomiting or shitting ourselves, maybe that's a good link to the segment that we have on the show uh, to wrap up every interview. And and I'm hoping it's not one of those two things. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just going to say I I actually have never shit myself working out just so you know. <laughs> thank God. Thank God. <laughs> Do you have a gym fail after being in the game since 2013? Surely you've got one or two. Yeah, look, I mean, I've chipped my front tooth about four times. <laughs> and literally the first time I did it, I was at, it was like years ago, 2017, and I was training with Courtney Haley at CrossFit Rocks. And I'd done my first training session there with them and I was doing like a push jerk and I literally clipped the bottom of my chin and then my tooth chipped off and I just seen it go like, whoop. So, but then, and, but you think I would learn, but no, then I've done it three times since then. And one was like doing a burpee where I just smashed my chin on the floor. Another one, I was doing a chest to bar, hit my chin on the pull up bar. Like it's, yeah, it's no good. And then I look like the biggest bogan because I've got like, Half a tooth on the front there. Um, so that's probably like my main gym fail that I've done. And it's also an expensive gym fail because that's four trips to the dentist say, to get a cap on it. Cheap. No good. And then every time I go there, she's like, you really need to stop chipping your tooth. And I was like, well, I don't intentionally go to the gym and be like, I'm going to chip my tooth today. <laughs> It just sent a shiver up my spine. You know when you chip your tooth and it just, yep. oh, your whole body. As soon it as like you were telling sensitive. that story, I was, oh. Yeah, oh. yeah no good. Well, <laughs> I really hope nothing like that happens in Madison at the CrossFit Games. But we're so excited for you to finally make your debut on the floor and for the rest of the team, Team EFX, best of luck. Yeah, thank you very much. And also, everyone does get this wrong. It's EXF. So it's Exodus what Fitness. So it's E-X-F. Yeah. It, when you say it really say? quick, 
E F X, and honestly, people do it all the time. Uh, even like, ri- like ri- rich, I'm like rich phoning. Rian's the one with dyslexia, not me. <laughs> no, no, no. Honestly, even when I first started like training at the gym, I kept on telling people I was, you know, at E F X affiliate and then Moses was like to me Christy you've got to get our gym name right and I was like okay okay and then even today Rich Froning was like, even go like here. So, yeah <laughs> he was like is it EFX or EXF and I was like no 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 think of it as like Exodus Fitness so EXF <laughs> they better get it right when they say your name in the top 10 right so. <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> Um, just quickly, why don't you, if anybody wants to follow what you're doing, you know, where can they find you on Instagram? Yeah. Like your team, all the information like that. Give us some rundown of where they can, you know, follow your journey. Yeah. Well, you can follow, um, like my Instagram handle is Christy underscore Hollard. Um, and then also you could follow our team page, which is CrossFit EXF. Um, and then if you wanted to support us, like, I mean, we have, um, teamed up with LSKD. So if anybody purchases any LSKD and they use our team code, which is EXFTEAM10, um, it helps support the team. So, yeah, um, we appreciate any support that's out there. And like we said, we're already appreciative for what we have received. All right, welcome back, guys. That was the conversation with Christy. And, I mean, she's just – she's so down to earth and she's so nice, but – one of the things that obviously really stood out to me was just that amount of training that she did being a shift worker, having to have everything. So Mm. on point and also then just training alone. Yeah. Like it's crazy. It's crazy. What I loved is how she tailored her training around her shift work. I mean, we've both learned lessons of what not to do from Brittany circa five years ago. But, like, I used to (laughs) go and work on a morning show and try and train at 3.30 in the morning, whereas she had the intuition to be like, I can't change my work schedule. I'm still going to have to train and I'm still going to get the workload in. But even how she was talking about if she was coming off night shift, she wouldn't do things that were going to be neurologically difficult, like those higher skills like that's a smart athlete that's a smart athlete and that for me as she was talking about that I was like you know with my pen writing notes because I think that we can that's something we can all implement into our training whether you're an elite athlete like Christy going to the CrossFit Games or a nurse who does shift work and just does CrossFit three days a week you know Um, I think it's about being kind to yourself too yeah, it's funny. I have a client of mine who does weightlifting and she does it competitively and she is a shift worker and we kind of, you know, we've been working together for two years now and she's always just kind of done her training around her roster and everything like that. And we never really looked into um, like tailoring it specifically around her tra- her work schedule, sorry, um, and then we kind of, we had a point where the weights starting to get really heavy, the training starting to get a little bit harder. It's starting to get a little bit more intense. And then, you know, we had like a training cycle where it just was like really hard. It was really hard for her to get through. And so we sat down and we had a little look at her work schedule and we basically plan all of her training around like optimizing her heavier days when she has the ability to sleep for 10 hours or whatever. And she said that she's like never felt better. So it's, it, it, 
the ability to be able to do that and manipulate like her training around, you know, Christy, her training around her work schedule is like something that I don't think a lot of people would think Mm. to do. But like you said, it just, she optimized like her energy levels to suit how she was working. She didn't kind of like just go, oh, well, guess I can't work Mm. anymore, you know. (laughs) But also her work ethic as well in that it would be so easy to be like, you know what, everyone else is out there and they can do split sessions. So I'm just not going to do this. How she talked about those four-hour sessions where she didn't have a choice and so she just got in and did it. So I think there's a really fine line um, between being kind to yourself and also not making excuses and she seems to navigate that line so well. Um, I I was going to go back to Loz and shout out to Loz if she's listening but did she notice that the weights on the bar went up when she manipulated her training cycle around her shift work? I think it's more like the consistency in which she's performing, especially with weightlifting, you know. Um, we're kind of – we're new into the – like we're only probably about five or six weeks into the training cycle managed around her um, shift work. Um, so it'll be a few more weeks until we find out whether or not it's translated um, in the way that we want it to. But the number one thing for me was that I wanted her going into a training session, not being like, I'm fucking yeah. ruined. I can't do this. Do you know what I mean? Like even if she had done night shift, if she'd done a shift work, whatever she was going into, I wanted her to feel like, okay, mm. I can do this. It's only X, Y, and Z. I've, you know, I think on her biggest, like her night shift when she does like a 12 hour shift or something like that, the next day, all she does is accessories. So it's something that's achievable and it's not like, like daunting and feeling like, Oh my God, I'm not going to be able to do this. Like it's going to be so hard. So trying to make it something that is easier for her to actually get into and go into. Something that I really struggled with as well when when you're working long hours at work. Um, my husband Luke this week has um, – he's doing a double master's in flight test something or other. I don't know. Sounds important. Probably is. <laughs> but his workload this week has been crazy. So he's left the house at about between 5 and 6 a.m. every day and I probably won't see him till 7, 8 o'clock at night. We sat down at the start of the week and we kind of set out a plan. You know, I spoke to him about what he was going to need food-wise and we made a decision that this week sleep was the most important thing, then nutrition, and he's not going to train this week. I think that yeah. is so admirable. And I look back on my training history about the times when I didn't sleep, like I'd sleep four hours a night, mm. go and train, and then do a 16-hour shift at work, rinse and repeat. I've heard so many clients say to me, um, and I know you've had this conversation with people so many times as well, you know, I just need to exercise for my mental health. I'm so busy and I just need to exercise for my mental health. Sometimes I think you're doing yourself a disservice. And so it's so cool to hear people like Christy, people like Loz, people like Luke who are emotionally intelligent enough to say, you know, uh, and I'm only saying that because I was not, no. and I still sometimes yeah. am not. You know, like 
it's it's so good to hear that from people who are because I actually think when your mm. cortisol levels are that high from work and the lack of sleep, I actually think it's doing yourself mm. a disservice to train. I mean, it's you don't need to think about anything. It definitely is like it's not the people. You know, we've had said this before. Training is a stress yeah. on the body. Whether, you know, the fact that it makes you feel good is wonderful, but like physically it is a stress Mm. on the body. You know, you have like, you're basically draining your battery even further. And if you are already on a battery that's running on next to empty, whether or not it feels good mentally, physically, the, you know, kind of follow on effect is just, it's not going to be positive. It's going to be negative with Christy. The fact that she had like the balls to just be like, this is what I really, really want. And I'm just going to pick up and move my life. And she understood, she understood like, this is what I've got to do to make this happen. And I think there's levels of sacrifice too, right? So anyone who, Mm. like, I think the majority of our listeners are making some kind of sacrifice every day to you know, whether it's their time or even their money, like they're spending money to invest. Like, you know, you could have a Globo Gym membership and it's like, I don't know, 10 bucks a week. CrossFit's like a financial investment. So people are sacrificing at all different levels. But then there's that. And she was already sacrificing so much, but that's like top tier sacrifice. Um, Mm. And even, you know, a sacrifice on on your relationship. I loved how she talked about the sacrifices that other people make and I am guilty of not recognising that sacrifice as well that other people make to allow us, even us, to do what we do. Like I think if we're Mm. honest, and I mean why are we even saying this because they probably don't even listen to the freaking podcast, but (laughs) our husbands (laughs) both make sacrifices to allow us to train. The The sacrifices that people around you are making I think it's sometimes hard to see that, but really cool that someone like Christy can recognise that. It's also not – I'm interested to hear what you think about this, but do you feel like a gym community makes sacrifices for elite athletes? What do you mean? You know, training around elite athletes or – if say in our gym environment someone's trying to go to the games, do you feel Mm. like there's members in the gym sacrificing – things to get that person to the games or to allow them to train and have the right training environment? Or do you think that's not a good affiliate if that's happening? I feel like, so this is where I get like, because I have the coach in me, which is like, you know, community. Comes Absolutely. First. Yeah. Um, but there's also like the athlete in me that understands like sometimes like, you know, you know, the classes that, class takes priority and they're all using barbells and I don't know, I don't have a barbell Mm. to lift or do my training with. Like, what do I do around that? I do think unless you are a paid professional and you are being paid to compete in a sport, no real sacrifice should be made for you. You are, you are, it's a privilege that you have a gym and a community to be a part of and if you are a semi-professional athlete and you are smart enough and you're, you know, advanced enough, you should be able to kind of manage your training around that environment. And I think if you are not, um, that's a reflection on like your inability to kind of 
really take control of your own environment and be responsible for yourself. You know, it's not, it's not the class's job to you know, manipulate the class workout so you can go do your lifting in the corner or vice, yeah. you know, whatever, be able to, you know, you don't get to just use your special spot <laughs> on the pull-up bar regardless of whether someone else yeah. is, you know what I mean? Like it's a hard, it's a hard pill to swallow because I get it. Like you're like, but I'm like serious about this. And it's like a hundred percent, but you're also not a paid professional yeah. and until it's like your livelihood and your career on the line, then you kind of got to work with what you got. And I think Christy's a really awesome, you know, example of that. She didn't have a team environment to train in. She had to train around her, you know, her shift work. Like you just get in there and you do the work regardless of what it looks like as an individual, as an athlete, you manage that situation the best that you can in the environment in which you have. It's not other people's responsibility to kind of take care of you. If they do, amazing. That's so great. You're so lucky because not a lot of people get that opportunity. It was cool how she recognised that so many people have allowed her to be in this position. Like shout out to her husband if he's still listening Mm. to the podcast. Um, But (laughs) <laughs> that that is so cool and that's such a cool story and and why I was so glad that we could get Christy on because there's not a lot of people I think who would make those kind of sacrifices but you know like pairing it back as well that made me think and and maybe some of our listeners could think about it too like there are smaller sacrifices that people around me make so I can get to the gym every day yeah. and it might be a case of you know mm. your husband looking after the kids for an hour so you can go and do the crossfit class and I think if you recognize that um I often, and um, I, I'm, I'm going to go deep here, going to go real deep, um, but my dad passed away really young and I am so much like mm. my dad and he was like into triathlons and everything and there are some days when I go to the gym and I think I get to do this and he doesn't anymore. Or like even Luke this week, like yeah. he would kill to train. And so you look at like, you yeah. know, I've kind of taken a tangent but like, Sometimes, you know, there's people sacrificing things around you. So don't take for granted the opportunity that you have to do something. Yeah. And yeah, often yeah. I just think like, again, a couple, there were a couple of pieces this week that I was like, Ugh. and I actually thought that I'm like, Luke would kill to train right now. His workload is just too much. And the, the poor kids like just making sure he gets his six hours sleep a night. And then that kind of snapped me out of it straight away. So I think, yeah, as Christy was talking about that, I'm like, that's a really good reminder. And like, don't don't forget that when you go to the gym. And this is like yeah. beyond, you know, training professionally. It's like the chance that you get to do that 20 minute wad in the class. Like that's a privilege for a lot of people. So yeah. not forgetting that. Yeah, I think it's hard because I also know like the competitive athlete in me is like, Oh, I have a program. I need to follow it to a T because if I don't, I'm not going to get the gains Mm. that I need to be as good as I need to be. I like, I understand that whole mentality as well, but at the end of the day, like some of the best athletes I know are the ones that just like are able to adapt on the fly. Like the amount of times I've trained with Ebony, you know, my friend um, who's, uh, currently over in Spain right now. I feel like after the countdown to the CrossFit Games, we should do a countdown to the Commonwealth Games, although they kind of happen like almost simultaneously. Yeah, um, and I've already lined her up to be on the podcast, by the way, so Ooh, that'll be tuned. great. Um, 
Um, and she is like, awesome. I'll be like, what have you got to do today? Like, you know, we would be, she'd be like, oh, do you want to train? Like, where do you want to train? We can do this. You know, if we like at the gym, then it's really easy. We can do whatever. But sometimes we train at each other's house and she's like, that's okay. I've got X, Y, and Z. I can choose to do this and this and this. And she'll pull it together. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because she knows that just because she can't do a hundred percent of what was programmed on that day, she was able to kind of adapt to what she has to do and she still gets yeah. the work done. And sometimes it's, a, it's just about getting the work done and it doesn't matter that, you know, it's not in the ideal circumstances. Yeah. And I feel like Chrissy's a great example of that too, being so adaptable. Again, mm-hmm. I loved the story she talked about being adaptable as the leader of the team and, what I'm finding yeah. more and more, I feel like maybe 12 months ago there was this real, what was in vogue was like mindset training and like, you know, getting your head in the game and journaling. Whereas like I'm loving that I'm talking to these athletes who are like, nah, don't do that. I learn on the fly. And it's so true. You learn through experience. Yeah. And I think, again, um, to our like non-professional athletes, you, you can learn things every day when you go into the gym about yourself as an athlete. And I say that to the members here in the chamber at the CrossFit gym that I coach here. I said, the one thing that I want to leave in six months when I go home to Australia, I don't care if you got that muscle up that we've been working on. I don't care if you get, you know, 700 chest bars unbroken. What I want you all is to know yourself as an athlete and to know what you're capable of. Um, And you can take those little mental wins or losses from every single session. And it's just about recognizing that. And like more so when I talk about the clients here, I'm like, I want you to be able to know how you're going to approach every workout without, you know, because I'm not going to be here anymore. So you can't ask me how you're going to scale it or how you're going to break it up. But take those Mm. little mental notes every time you finish your workout, because there are things that you can learn on the fly and through every workout, like Christy said, they're trialing and erroring so many, that's not even a sentence, but maybe it's a phrase, trialing and erroring um, things on the fly. <laughs> Just like, heard yeah. it here first, heard um, it here first. <laughs> but, uh, you know, play with it. Sometimes, again, the clients this week had a workout where it was like a rest to work ratio. And I said to them, do this second last round like the last round doesn't exist and then just hold on. Like you might be able to hold those sets that Mm. you didn't think you were going to be able to, but the only way you know that you're going to be able to do it is if you try and it could all go horribly Mm. wrong. But the time is to try it now when you're not in like a local competition or, you know, for someone like Christy and her team, they trial it out in the gym so they don't make that mistake on the floor at the CrossFit Games. Yeah. And I think it's like the other thing that is like, you know, testament to Christy and her like I guess professionalism in the role that she plays in her team is knowing her uh, team members like knowing them and like knowing how to push them and how to communicate with them and that was that's a skill that's a like not only is she dying on the floor herself but she's also trying to encourage and motivate and drive her team members at the same time which is you know amazing amazing I know. I can't wait to watch them compete now after that chat too. I'm very excited. I've seen a lot of their stuff on Instagram and she's right. They do look great on Mm. the worm. 
I was like, I'm betting there's probably going to be a fair bit on the worm, sister. So you might just get your wish. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, it's probably a good time uh, then to wrap it up, considering in just a few days' time, we'll be chatting again. Um, we will be dropping our Yay. next episode um, Wednesday, Australian time, Tuesday in the US. Yep. Which will actually be CrossFit Games. Eve, how exciting. So the day before the CrossFit game starts, we have another athlete who will be debuting in Madison. So make sure you uh, keep checking in on our social media channels um, to see who that athlete might be. Yeah. And you can follow us on at points of performance podcast on Instagram. We really love everybody like tagging us, listening to the podcast, keep sharing all of our stuff, keep tagging us. The more love you give us, the more we can bring you guys. So yeah, make sure to send it all our way. And don't forget as well to also give Christy and the team some love as they uh, debut at the CrossFit Games. (laughs) 